Absolutely. Everyone except the speakers should mute themselves now so we don't have background noise. Our speaker tonight is Tom. Welcome, Tom. After 15 minutes, our timer, Roger, will give you a buzz warning at five minutes before your 20-minute time limit is up. Please make sure you are unmuted and begin your share now. Hey, everybody, I'm... Absolutely, yeah. No problem. Okay. Do I have to join the audio here again? No. You're, we can hear you. Okay, good enough. All right. Okay, I'm Tom, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And the first thing I have to do is get, uh, I've got my, just my face on the screen. I got to get rid of that. I'll go, drive me crazy. So um, let's see. Let's do uh, numbers first. I'm, uh, I started OA in 1979. Uh, I got abstinent. January 15th of 1989. I'll be absent 32 years on uh, <clears throat> January 15th, 2021, if I make it. It's a long time. That's like six weeks in the uh, very dangerous holiday period. But they say that uh, compulsive eating is a threefold disease. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And believe me, in the past, it definitely was. And uh, I have about 140-pound weight loss I've been maintaining for uh, the whole time. Uh, since I had a, I, uh, I, re I, re I reached a goal weight of 180 pounds uh, a year from the day I started my abstinence. So I was 125 pounds. My top weight was 305. And um, and then I brought, I'm down about 15, 16, 17 pounds below my original goal weight because I got older and I lost a lot of lean muscle mass. And I'm now pretty damn thin. <laughs> my shoulders and upper body and just had to adjust. And um, you might see in my name, it says Tom the Jaywalker. And uh, the reason I use, I say the Jaywalker is because of that, that uh, story of the guy in the big book who uh, rather than use a crosswalk, he'd rather run in front of cars and almost get hit by cars. And the guy's fascinated by doing things his way. And he finally gets hit by a fire truck and injures himself quite a bit. And that was my story. My first, first nine years in OA, I was, uh, I, uh, I gained 100 pounds my first, I would say 10 years, like nine and a half years, I think it was. I gained 100 pounds and I got good and ready. I got good and, w good and willing. And I finally got some discipline to do it your way and not my way. And uh, do it, by, <clears throat> do it uh, by way of the big book, do it by, by way of the 12 steps, 12 traditions, and the 12 concepts. So I am no longer a jaywalker. I'm now using the crosswalks, no readers anonymous. And, uh, and I am uh, very grateful to be here. Oh, there's a cat, there's my cat behind me now. <laughs> uh, very grateful to be here tonight and, and to share. Um, so um, uh, I usually, I qualify with the story. I gotta keep track of my, my time here. I get a bit windy. I qualify, I'll qualify real brief, briefly with a story that happened in uh, like 1980. I was in OA already about a year, and I was still binging my brains out. And uh, I was going hiking with a guy uh, in the Pacific Crest Trail in Northern California. And we were gonna stay up backpack for uh, two nights. So we went on this trail, Pacific Crest Trail, went to this place called Independence Lake. 
And I noticed while we were packing our, when we were packing our pack, this guy, Chris, who is now my ex-wife's husband, that's a whole, a whole different story, but that was, uh, <laughs> that was a clean split on my part. But, uh, yeah, a whole different story. In fact, he's, he's, they're still married and, uh, I spend time with them all the time, the two of them and my children. And so he had these two candy, big candy bars in his pack. And uh, I was trying to detox some sugar on this trip. And uh, he went over to go fishing or something. And I went in his backpack, stole the candy bars, buried the wrappers in the sand. If you don't believe me, go up to Independence Lake. 40 years later, you just might find two candy bar wrappers. And he came back to the campsite. And he obviously knew I stole them. I took them. And I knew I took them. And this is what the big book calls pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. And that's what it was. It was just, it was awful, you know, awful. So the funny part is about how long, 20 years later, I, I'm losing track of time. A uh, number of years later, after I was already abstinent, I went to pick up my son who was 17 at the time. So that must have been like at least 15 years ago or longer. And uh, maybe 20 years ago. And I went to pick up my son, Ryan, and uh, I told my ex-wife, uh, my second wife, I've had two wives, I'm done, I'm done getting married. So I told her, you know, I took them candy bars off of Chris in the uh, 1980s, so I'm gonna return them. So I got these two, same, same, same kind of candy bars, put it in my jacket pocket, I knocked on the door. Hey, Chris, remember the time you and I were backpacking on the Pacific Crest Trail at uh, Independence Lake? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I took, I took these candy bars out of you. I took some, stole your candy bars. And he goes, I don't remember that. And I took them out and he said, they're the wrong size. <laughs> so, so he knew, he obviously knew. So, you know, oh God, talk about, talk about, oh God, it was awful. You know, I, I was one of those that broke, broke furniture. One time when I was first, when my kids were pretty little, they were like 10 and seven or right around there. Uh, my ex-wife came to pick them up. And I was gaining, 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 or up near 300 pounds. And uh, I sat in this chair, dining room chair, like I'm sitting in now, a wooden chair. And all of a sudden the chair rocked back and I broke the chair because of my size. And I, uh, and I was laying on the floor on a pile of wood that was a chair a few minutes later. And Nancy looked down at me and she goes, oh, it looks like dad needs to go on a diet, you know? So that was, you know, that's what it was like. And, and, and it all started, uh, the scene of the crime was my family of origin. I was, uh, I was raised on the East Coast in an alcoholic family. And uh, uh, we used to watch this show called Leave it to Beaver. And back in those days, the screen was about this big, round screen, and the, and the case was as, as big as a big screen now. And I used to watch Leave it to Beaver, and I'd see June and Ward and Wally and the Beaver and, uh, and I would have been the beaver in that scenario. I looked over my shoulder at my parents. And I was not in the Leave it to Beaver family. It was a, it was definitely an alcoholic family. And that, and that was, that was how it started for me. And then, uh, <clears throat> I was the fattest kid in every school I was in. I was the, I was a family shame. I was my mother. I was, I grew up in San Francisco. Uh, we moved to San Francisco when I was five. My mother used to tell me, Tommy, you're going to be the, the fattest kid in San Francisco. And that just, led to more, more the demoralization. And, and I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I always knew there was, it felt like a, just like it talks about in the big book in the second step, it was a form of insanity. I just couldn't stop eating and I couldn't stay away from sugar, no matter how much I tried. And I always knew 
always knew there was a bent person inside that was trying to get out, and, and I didn't know what to do about it. And, and so when I went to OA the first time in 1979, my head, my head told me that I didn't have this disease in my own voice. In my own voice, it said, you don't have this. You don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need this Overeaters Anonymous crap. So um, I brought the old brown book, the chocolate book, whatever it's called, the, the stories, and, and uh, I left. And um, went on my way and continued to continue to gain weight. And uh, I got back to uh, I got back to OA and uh, for, for real to stay in 1988. And uh, so I finally started reading the big book. And uh, and, I, and uh, I read the doctor's opinion. And, and what it said in there was men and women eat essentially for the effect produced by alcohol. So in our case, it would be men and women eat essentially for the effect produced by the food. And uh, Says, okay, so it's not the food itself, it's the effect, it's that, ah, that stuff feeling. I'm finally satisfied. It's what it comes down to is I'm not feeling the feelings I was feeling five minutes before I ate. But what happens is it's, a, it's such a short-term drug or such a short-term high that I was totally, uh, again, demoralized five minutes later, and I could never understand why I was doing it. And, and, and it goes on it, in that same paragraph, it's, it says that... Uh, the alcoholic life is the only normal one for us. And for me, it was the, the compulsive eating life was the only normal life for me. It was, it was all I knew. It was, it was binging. It was starving. It was restricting. It was rewarding. And I did that. I did, I did some of that since I've been absent, some of the restricting, you know, and then the rewarding. And I find, just, and I find that the middle way, the middle path, the, the middle road of, of abstinence, of just freedom of compulsive overeating and um, not binging, not compulsive eating, one day at a time works for me. And I kind of see my, I kind of see my absence as, as a triangle, you know, like one side is no compulsive eating, one side is no binging, the other side is one day at a time. And I took this stuff real, real serious in the beginning. I mean, like, well, I did uh, 146 meetings and I did it like AA style. I did 146 meetings my first 90 days. I just continued to go to meeting after meeting after meeting. and. Sometimes two a day. One time, one day I went, I went to a meeting with this other fellow. Went to four OA meetings in one day. It was a 6.30 meeting, a.m. meeting by my house. We went to, uh, I think, a 10, 10, 10 a.m. meeting in Citrus Heights, California. We came back to Sacramento. I went to a 5.30 meeting and a 7.30 meeting. And it kept me abstinent, it kept me abstinent that day. And for me, the meetings are the medicine. You know, with, without, without the meetings, I don't know where I would be. You know, and... and uh, and so I was on step nine, you know, that's step nine, the one before step one, you know, trying to do this on my own, trying to diet, trying to starve. And I finally got to, I finally got to step one and said, we, you guys said we had made it, we were powerless over food. We lacked power, you know, and couldn't manage our own lives. And it talks about that in the, in the OA 12 and 12, in the first step about how, how manageable was our lives, how happy were our homes, you know? And it's true. It's like I was a I was I was a mess when I was trying to binge or starve or whatever I was doing. And and and, and I, I I starved my way up to 300 pounds, literally, literally. You know, between the binging and the starving. And and so um, and, and you know, and like in uh, in step one, you know, uh, admitting I was powerless, I, I realized that it took many many attempts for me to get absent and stay absent for almost 32 years now. It's kind of like. Thomas Edison is the inventor of the light bulb, but they say he may have tried 10,000 times to invent a light bulb before he did, and he finally had, now he has credit for, for, the, uh, for the invention of the light bulb. It took me, it didn't take me 10,000, but it took me many times to get this, and once I got it, 
January, I, will, I, used to, I was a firefighter for 30 years for the state of, state of Sacramento, California. And I remember waking up uh, January 15th, 89. I remember going to a Safeway near my house and buying my food for the day. And it was a lot more than I ate today, believe me. But, but it was absent for me at that time. And um, I remember wake, we, you know, of course, we did 24-hour shifts at the time. It's not that you do 48-hour shifts. But I remember waking up that next morning in the firehouse, and I said to myself, you have 24 hours of absence. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not willing to give up 10 minutes of that. And after almost 32 years, I'm still not willing to give up 10, 10 minutes of this. I take this very seriously. You know, I live by a, I live by a, 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 a cemetery, uh, you know, a big, a big cemetery in East Sacramento. And, you know, we always say, oh, the poor alcoholics and addicts and, you know, all these people die, die early. And I go, what about us? What about the, the heart disease, the diabetes, the strokes, you know, the uh, colon cancer, things like that that are caused by this. This is, this is really is, this is probably more deadly than alcoholism, you know? And, uh, and so, um, when I got to step two, I, you know, I, I looked at the, at, uh, uh, the, the insanity and could I be restored to sanity? It says we'll be restored to sanity, but it doesn't say when, you know? And, uh, and so I remember, uh, and then the, the third step, you know, turn my will and my life over to something greater than myself. And I don't always use the God, um, it's kind of funny about the God word sometimes, but it's something, I have a power greater than myself that I can't describe. So, um, this one, um, I was, the last home I lived in, um, I planted some tomatoes in the backyard. And I knew the day because it, it was the day before my belly button birthday. It was April 14th. I'm not sure what year it was, like 1992, three or four, back there somewhere. So I had these little tiny plants about three inches high and these big rebar screens around them, you know. And, uh, and this guy, and I was sitting in my backyard with this guy I was sponsoring. And he goes, you, he goes, you really have a lot of, a lot of faith in those tomato plants, don't you? And I said, I have, I have hope and faith. I know it's going to happen. And I said, by the time we meet out here in October, these tomato plants are going to be seven feet. They're going to be higher than the seven feet, seven feet wire. So, you know, that's, it was kind of a cool summer and it didn't warm up for a while, but by November, those tomato plants were like, tomato plants were like about 11 feet tall. They were like, uh, they were just flowing over the top of this thing. And it's an illustration, I think of the, of working the steps, you know. I didn't know it was gonna happen. I and, and really in my case, after being after trying so many different times, countless vain attempts, that I would get this thing that I that just like tomato plants, with enough sun, enough water, uh, enough hope, enough care, this thing, this happened, just like it does every year. And I told them it was gonna happen and, and it did. And um so five minutes. You know, five minutes, okay. So um so, you know, again, in the, uh, in Bill's story, he goes, he says that, uh, foods cease to be a luxury, you know, and for me, food did cease, cease to be a luxury. You know, I couldn't, I just can't eat the way I used to eat and get away, get away with it or want to, you know, I know I have problems with, with certain foods. I have uh, red light foods. Uh, I don't know if I'm an actually a food addict or, uh, or just a compulsive overeater. There are, I, there are, I, I don't limit myself to any, I don't abstain completely from anything. I haven't had meat or fish in 30 years. There's many foods I haven't, haven't had in a long time, but, uh, you know, but, but, but food seems to be, seems to be a luxury. Uh, and it, and it goes on in that, in that same page where it says that, uh, gradually things got on page eight, it says 
gradually things got worse and they always did. For as long as I kept coming back to OA, uh, I've been, I've been doing much better than I've ever done. And, and the focus on my program today is step 10 and 11. I really strongly believe in doing that daily inventory and meditation. Uh, I do it like I, like it says on the big book and I do it. I'm real like, I'm like religious about it. I'm just like, I'm, it, it talks, Bill talks about it in step 10 to groove it into our lives. And I do my first thing in the morning. And then I really got into a meditation practice early on, like well over 30 years ago. And uh, I was uh, meditating with some friends, some other people, fellows in a, uh, in a Dharma hall in a meditation center near my house. And uh, we were sitting an hour a day, an hour every morning, silent meditation. And man, did the dust ever settle with meditation? It really does. I'm really a, a, big, uh, a, big, a big supporter of meditation practice, prayer meditation. And um, so when the, when the meditation center closed uh, for, you know, for the COVID, that uh, I started holding here at my house. So I have one or two guys come over every morning and we sit quietly for an hour and they just come and they go. And, 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 and But God, it's just the, the results has been, the results have been amazing. And then, uh, and then the 12th step, you know, it says in the big book that nothing will so much ensure our recovery as working with the other compulsive readers. And I got super active in my inner group. I'm, a, I'm talking super active. When I first got absent, I started, uh, I think, a meeting a day. I got like a compulsive, but started me, started like eight meetings, I think. I started a meeting every day of the week. I did a Friday night meditation meeting, a Saturday night 100 pound meeting, a Sunday night abstinence meeting, like, and then some, uh, we filled in weekdays uh, almost every day of the week in, in Sacramento. And it just kept me involved. And I got on the retreat committee and I was chair of the retreat committee and actually was able to, to move our retreat to a really beautiful place in Lake Tahoe. And it just kept me coming back. And, uh, and I don't do as much service as I used to. Uh, I, was, I was a secretary of a face-to-face meeting when the pandemic happened. And now I'm just like the rest of us, I'm on Zoom. You know, there is a, a park meeting I go to Friday. We sit outside because it's still warm enough in, in Sacramento. But, you know, I just can't say enough for this program. And, and, and my journey is, is maybe unlike your journey. But, but I know one thing. I got, uh, it is now... 607 in Sacramento, I have 18 hours and seven minutes of abstinence, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that 18 hours. And I've got about almost 12,000 days before that, and I'm grateful for those 12,000 days. But the only thing I'm worried about is this day, November 29th, 2020. Thank you for asking me to share.